Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Golden Knights drop another game on home ice over the weekend. Alex Petrangelo returns for the first time in 10 games after that family scare. We'll talk about that. And Alex Tuck and the Red Hot Sabres come into town. Hi again, everyone. Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick from Las Vegas. Hope you had a terrific weekend. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. Find us on YouTube, Lockdown Golden Knights. Please subscribe, leave your comments there, whatever. And uh, definitely check us out on Twitter. Very entertaining, especially with TD Chris G's tweets. I'm Tony <laughs> at Tony Dasco at Lockdown uh, VGK. Um, so yesterday I'm at the Raider game and uh, suddenly I see, I thought it was two used car salesmen walk through the press box. George McPhee and Kelly McCrimmon walk through the press box. Not only that, so I'm sitting down there on press row there at the Raider game. And all of a sudden, over my shoulder, they're like, hey, uh, do you know where we're sitting? They couldn't find their seat. They were looking up in the press area for their seats. And they found, and they found you for advice? I was sitting right there. I, no, I don't think you guys are here on press row. I don't think that they were. I don't know where they wound up. But in any event... In any event, Tony, that was your shot right there, man. That was your shot. You could have teed <laughs> off. You could have gotten yourself th- exiled from two teams in one in one in one one shot there. <laughs> in any event, someone someone said to me, "Can you tell them who you are so that they know that you're the guy that's constantly blasting the front office?" So it was good comedy. But the Golden Knights now one and five over the last six games at the Fortress, and uh, now eight and eight at home, and they're in double figures, double digits now in losses with 10. Uh, VGK comes off the road to ne- a yet another home loss. It was just as kind of perplexing at times. Golden Knights, um, again, they have two Riley Smith, and we featured him on Friday, and he had two uh, goals, power play variety. Um, and then Smith almost had the hat trick. Hits the crossbar, a lot of drama in this game, what have you. But the Isles uh, opened up the scoring in that game, as we saw. Anders Lee shot from the slot and not the best night. Uh, let's start here with uh, Logan Thompson uh, beaten twice, five hole. I want to talk about that. And almost gave up another goal just a millisecond away at the end of the second period of play on that uh who was it? Simon Holmstrom, I think, had that shot there that was a blast. So not a great night for Logan Thompson. Defense wasn't good either. Uh, why don't you just take it from there? And also more comments, of course, about McCrimmon and McPhee just roaming around. I don't think we got I don't think we got time for McCrimmon and McPhee. I'll, I'll see if I can get McCrimmon in the in the employee dining uh, tonight. Usually I get him down there for a little bit. And uh, yeah, but moving past um, moving past that. So. LT, we'll start there. LT gave the team a chance to win. Um, he wasn't terrible. I did notice um, uh, uh, Cassie made the comments 
the other guy is making saves. I forgot the exact quote, but the uh-huh. other guy is making saves and we weren't getting them. It's and, and it, you know, our guy wasn't making those saves. There you go. Actually. Yeah, it was it was a shot right there. And yeah, honestly, yep. that's an unfair shot, in my opinion. And Tony, you did mention that it was kind of strange how Aiden Hill started what this past Monday was it? Monday or Tuesday. We were both kind of surprised, and your perspective was Cassidy looking to shake up LT a little bit and just kind of not shake him up, but just kind of remind him, hey, listen, you know, here's you and here's expectations and we have to get you up to here. Another Gallic flow chart there we just had for the those uh, on the audio and not digital variety. But you wonder what's happening, what that relationship is right now, because LT, I don't think, deserved a call out in that game by any means, especially given the circumstances. Yes, Petrangelo was back, but we got the Petrangelo that missed 10 games version. And that's nothing against him whatsoever. It's just the reality. He had not been on the ice for 10 games. And that's going to, there's going to be a curve for the first couple of games until he gets his feet under him again. A lot of motivation, a lot of emotion. But at the end of the day, he still hadn't been on the ice for 10 days. And again, we're not blasting him, folks. Please don't ever think we're saying anything negative, just acknowledging the reality that he wasn't at his best. The first goal, I mean, was a remarkable goal, in my opinion. You had an awesome saucer pass to whoever scored it right in the slot there. The puck settles right as it gets to the person's stick. Like, and it was, wasn't was far out from, from that bumper position, right? It was right between the circles. Anders, Anders, Anders Lee. Anders yeah, Lee. beautiful yeah. shot. Beautiful shot. So what are you going to do on that? And then, unfortunately, uh, Petrangelo was absolutely beaten terribly on the second Islanders goal, where um, whoever it was just walks right in, right Hudson down Fashing. Okay, Hudson Fashing. Yeah, I think yeah. that was his first. Yeah, that's goal. right. I remember that name. Okay, so he comes right down and beats him, and, and it wasn't the, the hardest save to make, but you know, you let someone walk into a high danger, you know, place, and things like that are going to happen. So I don't think LT deserved the call out. LT, I'm sure, will take accountability for it not being a great game. LT is as honest as Cassidy, if not even more honest about his game. So interesting times right now. That's it's so tough walking into the fortress as a fan with my son. That's I was there as a fan on Saturday. And with that feeling, knowing that things aren't going to go well, like it is such an uncomfortable, strange feeling. And I was on, on a tweet uh, run on Saturday night after the game. Uh, the first one thinking back to the Gerard Gallant days, unbeatable at home, not, unbeatable but the expectation was a very tough game and you're gonna have to earn a victory on t-mobile ice under the galant era under the debor area patcheretti's comments about the about the the country club environments and then cassidy we'll just talk about the record at home we are under under 500 now officially correct no 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 officially at 500 at 500 that's still terrible and then (laughs) i found terrible um, it's 500 again if those records were reversed home and away Fans would be joyous right Fine, now. Fine, but Tony, like, listen, here's 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 the reality of the playoffs right now, the way things are going. First round, I think Minnesota is, is WC2 right now. If not, it's right around there. Let's just say we play the Wild that first round. We're looking at, we're looking at Marc-Andre Fleury walking the Minnesota Wild off the ice in a Game 5 victory in a 4-1 series win. That's what it looks like right now, the way we are at home. And you want to talk about uh, – a not a pleasant situation if that were to happen as far as front office goes. So let's look at Cassidy's records here as far as his five full seasons. He had five seasons and then uh, like half of a season when he got the opportunity to lead the Bruins. Eight losses, nine losses, four losses, seven losses. His worst season at home as the Bruins coach was 13 losses at home, 26-13. 
26 and 13, then a couple overtime losses. So something is not ticking in the Cassidy world, and that's not figuring things out at home ice. And then fine, we can talk injuries, we can talk anything we want to talk right now, but the team is winning on the road. So any excuse that anyone has, throw it right out the window. This is on Cassidy and no one else to figure this out. You can also maybe put some, there's a lot of veterans on this team. And then obviously you have your few players, your captains and your assistants. This is on Cassidy. And then the captain, Mark Stone, and our assistants to get this worked out right now and no one else, mainly Cassidy. So after a while, there's a certain point where you start to press. I think that they play much looser on the road, too. That's another factor, I believe, because I could sense that at times. where yes, he's mentioned that starting... Did he say that? Okay, I He's, he's that mentioned that in, in, in past conference, in okay. past pressers about that. Yeah, but in any event, and back to LT, you know that Bruce Cassidy lives in this world where he, the younger guys and the, quote, rookies now, of course, LT's still a rookie. They have to earn it. Remember him saying, that you have to be able to earn your way into this league. And so he's going to shake it up. I think he's starting to get into his head and making sure that he's on point a little bit more. And listen, not that this is going to happen, but Brassois is on a run right now down in the AHL. You know, there, there's some interesting not that it's, things. No, they could ha- it's, going, it's going to happen eventually. They're going to even just uh, move people around, and he's going to get some starts here. Something, yeah, I mean – McCrimmon is in a very interesting place right now because we have some cap relief with uh, mainly with Zach Whitecloud right now and his situation. Although it seems like Zach Whitecloud might not be a season-ending scenario, I think according to um, to Cassidy in a recent uh, daytime presser from City, if I'm not mistaken. Now, season-ending, regular season playoff run. You know, I don't I don't know how to necessarily define that right now. I guess if we make an acquisition in the two and a half to three million dollar range in the next uh, in the next two or three weeks, that'll tell you Zach Whitecloud's regular season has most most likely ended, and we'll see if he can make a run for the playoffs or not. Or miraculously, he's back in game one of the of the playoffs. But you know, they don't, they don't cook the books, so we we won't talk about that. So a lot of strange things happening. McCrimmon has some tools. I just saw him yesterday. That guy. Yeah, you did. You should have asked him. I'll ask him tonight for you. We'll see how it goes. But Brassois is doing well in the AHL right now. That is a commodity. Right. You have Miramanov, who is still, although Miramanov, he, his, he didn't have, have the greatest game on Saturday. There's a couple of times, couple a couple turnovers. of turnovers. Well, he, he did have some chances, yes. But yeah. there was some, uh, at the blue line, some rough play. And a couple times he couldn't handle the puck. It wasn't as good as his other games were, but not bad then, by any means. And then uh, Braden McNabb, Braden McNabb couldn't clear the zone on that Holmstrom goal. Yeah, that was that was bad. I don't know what he was trying to do there. I think he was trying to go high off the glass, and it didn't work out. Um, although shout out to McNabb, he also he almost got an interesting goal. And I think it was the third period where he was below the goal line somehow. It's so funny when like him and Nick find themselves down there and he tried, but he tried a real soft backhand, like top shelf. It it would have been remarkable if he would have scored it. It was McNabb at least knows what to do when he gets down that side of the ice. He has scored some, he he showed his John Merrill-esque soft hands around the nets. So uh, we also had a couple of empty net goals. Mark Stone. I want to talk about Mark Stone in this game. So, Everyone claims that he went down due to a Phil Kessel shot. That was such a softy shot. It could not have hit. It hit him, but I don't think it hit him in the area that he was holding down near the, uh, you have to believe, the Achilles zone. 
down near there. And I think that they more or less covered up for him. Okay. This, of course, we know. I already had him on the L's. I already had him done for the season. Call it what it okay. is. So, so I don't know so how he came. I don't know how he came back. Maybe to stretch it out or whatever to see how it. Uh, it was definitely a non-contact injury. Okay, it was not due to the Kessel shot. I watched it about twenty times. It was just. It was a soft puck that was just. You know, it just hit him in the back of the leg, but it wasn't due to that. And. Well, you're going to tell me that's a delayed reaction? No, I, got, Cassidy, I actually got a good quote Cassidy from a said it's of... a stinger. Uh, Cassidy Sorry. said it was a stinger in the back of his leg. I mean, maybe. It, I'll, so a couple things. I got a good quote, actually, from a good buddy of mine, William Conlon, a fellow, uh, fellow colleague as well, and, and someone who's becoming a good friend now. But he said, after we're all going up and back about, you know, the fact that Stone's in a bad place, <laughs> Stone's bionic leg needed a battery change. I thought that was uh, pretty <laughs> fun. So... Yeah, I mean, it was not. It looked like non-contact to me. That's the first thing I said, and I saw that kind of spreading like wildfire. Yeah, and not, I'm not saying anyone take took what I said. Just that's what what all of us thought we saw. You yeah. know, who had eyes on the game, and then the way he's no weight at all on his like zero weights. You know, T-Mobile, and it was unfortunate because there was such a good push happening, and that took every bit of momentum out of the arena that was left. It was terribly unfortunate. No weight on it goes down to the tunnel. And then dude's back. So honestly, I am buying that it could have been a sting or it could have hit him in a spot that gave him a very strange, uncomfortable sensation because he he did come back. Now, he didn't look good at all when he came back, but he came back. But to be fair, he doesn't. I, we've, I've said this how many times he doesn't look great when he skates. And that's not a knock on him. I am not knocking Mark Stone whatsoever. He is simply not the player you're, you're ever going to see taking uh, taking on the other seven fastest skaters on the planet in the all-star skills challenge. That's all I'm trying to say when I make that claim. Let's see if we have Stone tonight. That'll tell us a lot of things. If Stone comes out tonight, obviously, sure, it's a stinger. He might have taken a puck in a weird nerve or something back there, and maybe it was the puck that did something strange that created whatever it was, but it was not in contact all day. I don't care what anyone says. That's what it looked like. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, something else strange happened, but on the Islanders' side, (laughs) Uh, oh. We saw where Semyon Verlamov. No one in the arena knew that. No one in the arena knew that until you, I didn't even know until you texted me. I was telling people around me. No one. I knew. was like, wow. They, they didn't okay, even announce so it. He went over to the bench. Okay, I was watching the Islanders' feed. He went over to the bench, talked to the trainer, and just went off the ice. And no one knew what had happened. And then after the game, they were like, "We're not sure he's going to be evaluated." One of my friends had texted me and said that he thought that. His right hand, he, he was shaking it earlier in the game, but who knows? And so uh, then we saw Sorokin come in, and Ilya Sorokin had an easy uh, night of things, just had a, I think, face one shot. And then yesterday they called up Corey Schneider for the Islanders. But, yeah, that was kind of uh, you, you You beat me, too. I was just checking Gil Martin's timeline to see uh, what, what the latest was about that. <laughs> <laughs> Our guy Gil. With, oh, I love uh, Gil. The He's lock on Islanders. He's one of the best. Yeah. Uh, coming up next, uh, we've got Alex Petrangelo's return, and uh, we discuss the serious illness that kept him out of the lineup uh, to his daughter. Uh, he was out of the lineup for nine games. We'll return with more after this on Locked On Golden Knights. Okay, our next partner has a product that I literally use every day. I started to take Athletic Greens because... Again, just uh, here in Vegas, we're always on the run, didn't have the time, want to optimize my immune system and all of that. And now I've been using it for several months, and I really do love it. 
It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It is kind of this mild and tropical taste. And I actually look forward to having it each and every morning. What is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and my favorite word, adaptogens. And of course, that special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, and helps me to sleep a lot better as well. And so I personally do consume it in the morning. And uh, sometimes I'll sneak in another healthy little scoop at night. And uh, it's lifestyle friendly, whether you uh, do uh, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, all that. Uh, it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, no artificial anything. And it really is good. And it has the important multivitamins. Uh, tons of people take some uh, type of multivitamins every day, uh, but it's important to choose one with high quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. And it costs less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health. They have some tremendous reviews. And in 2020, AG donated over 1.2 million meals to kids uh, in 2020. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network, and you can take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Welcome back to Lockdown Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick in Las Vegas. And thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. Go to the YouTube page, please. You can have a lot of fun there and leave some comments. And, of course, subscribe. Haven't gotten blasted much lately, have I? People must not be watching. They like me. No, they like me now. I think so. Uh, so Alex Petrangelo, on a serious note, explained the absence uh, in which he was gone for nine games with the VGK. He said his teammates and folks uh, from the front office and everyone within the organization, uh, they were texting him and calling him, and he wasn't able to return anything. He was just really, I think, in panic mode at this time. So his four-year-old daughter, Evelyn, um, she caught the flu over Thanksgiving, and then a very scary situation evolved. He said that she had a lesion on her brain, and it really was something that uh, he said it was very scary. She couldn't eat. She couldn't walk. She couldn't talk. And it was very sad. Couldn't even open her eyes. And doctors said that she now will make a full recovery. The VGK had posted this photo, which, of course, we put on at Lockdown VGK of Petrangelo going over to uh, say hi to his daughter and his other two daughters and his wife, his entire family. And uh, it shows you, again, the importance of life outside of hockey. And that was uh, just a tremendous photo that was really heartwarming. And he's really just been through the mill. And I just thought that they shouldn't have put him in a position on the ice to play that many minutes. I mean, what was it? Did you, I didn't see his final count. What was it? I Did think it was it? over 23, uh, <laughs> almost 24 minutes, I think. Uh, That's a lot. Yeah. He should have been on a pitch count, I felt, in that game. Did not play very well at times. But what do you expect? I mean, he couldn't have been in the best hockey shape. When you're out there at Ben Hutton, you got you to get as many minutes as you can. <laughs> he couldn't have been, you know, in the best hockey shape. And then emotionally, the toll that it took on him, uh, you could just feel that emotion 
when he was talking to the media uh, over the weekend. But it's great to have him back nonetheless. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I, I got the far away version of that photo that the team put out from way back up top 217. And that's when I put my tweet out. I said, anything you got towards an Alex Pietrangelo prop fire on it, because I felt there was going to be a, a level of emotion that was going to just have him be on fire at that game. It wasn't the case, but again, it's good that he's out there. It's good that the fan, it's better that the family is doing well. And just reading, you know, going through the, the, the ESPN version of the article, I think, uh, if I'm going to say this right, forgive me if it's wrong, but encephalitis, I believe, is... Encephalitis. Encephalitis. It's just, I mean, you know, I, I got a daughter. Many of you got family out there and stuff like that. I just can't imagine the the weight of that. And, you know, thankfully, his profession is one of such where it is easy for him just to, you know, escape and, you know, shut everything off and not worry about anything besides making sure, in his words, his precious little girl was, uh, you know, was better and... I mean, the, I mean, she was back. She was at T-Mobile at that game. Like, just it's crazy, just going <laughs> through the progression. And I'm, I couldn't even come close to putting myself into that place and what that feels like. And you know, what a what an incredible you know couple of weeks for the family. And while there's rehab down the road, it seems like a, like the doctor said a full recovery is coming, and that's uh, what's important. And you know, I I would say I guess congrats to the family, but I don't know if that's the right terminology, but. You know, it's just nice that things are working out and, uh, you know, as a precious little girl, his words can get better. And, uh, you know, daddy can uh, get back to work and leading this team because we we need him right now. You do have to give kudos to the organization for just allowing him that time uh, to and that space, I guess, for him to be with his family at such a difficult time. And you knew as, as this progressed that it was something really serious, uh, just the tonality of you know, everything that we listened to How on quiet the broadcast on the and then people were quiet. And then they were like, uh, we hope everything is OK with him and our prayers go out to him. As soon as, you know, they started to take that tone, uh, you knew that something was desperately wrong there. And he's had a difficult life. And we talked about this on the show uh, last week where uh, he said that, you know, it's uh, he's had so much heartache in his life uh, that I think they lost the son. Um, if I'm not mistaken, was some tragedy hit that family. And he was just saying how, you know, the the ice is where he kind of retreats to, um, where he can just put his mind at ease, if not momentarily. So. Of course. I mean, work, you know, <clears throat> pardon me, work for all of us can at times can be that place where you do kind of escape. And maybe for some of us, it's unfortunate that work is uh, can be a stressful environment, but it is uh it is the escape, you know, for, for, my, for me, it's being on the ice roughing hockey games. That's kind of my place where I'm able to, you know, shut things off for a little bit and get yelled at by adults who think they're going to make it to the NHL one of these days, which is not going to happen. But that, that's kind of my place being on the ice, doing my thing. And, you know, we all, we all have that place, whether it's work, play or otherwise, where we do kind of escape the world and, <clears throat> you know, just kind of backing up uh, Petrangelo's statement about that. Yeah, and uh, I thought, again, he should have been on some sort of a pitch count. They paired him with McNabb in the lineup uh, there. Oh, was it um, Hutton? I thought um, it was Hutton. No. I thought it was, well, I thought it was him. It was McNabb. probably rotating throughout the game, honestly. Yeah, I yeah, because yeah, they do mix it up. Yeah. Uh, do we have any <laughs> other injury updates? Are we going to see Jack Eichel tonight? I don't know. I, I seriously don't know if Mark Stone, it just depends what that injury was. It wasn't a puck that was trickling and hit the back of his leg. That was not the injury. I'm sorry. I watched it so many times. I'm like, no. It looked it, like it, when it, he stretched, like it looked like he he went to move and, and it, there was nothing there. 
unless it hit like a funny bone or something. Uh, we were talking to, you know, on Twitter, a lot of people thought that maybe his uh, his skate, uh, you know, just fell into some sort of a crevice on yes, the ice or something. That, that, Could that, that would happen? have been a little, I would have bought into that too, or the blade on his skate for a second, yeah, like, that's what like I mean, being gone. There was, but the first thing I saw was that, was that NFL offensive or defensive lineman that just grabs the back of their knee. That's the first thing that I saw right there, which, you, you know, it's not even the type of thing you see in the games. You see it in training camp, right? You just see that in training camps where ACLs are, are popping like no one's business, unfortunately. Bad bad pun, but that's the reality of football. Just the ACL is the one thing that every player probably fears besides a terrible concussion when they get out there. And there's no prep for it. I don't think there's any more stretching you can do. It's just if it's your day, it's your day. Or if the turf gets you, whatever, whatever it may be. But he immediately grabbed at it. Like, that's what it looked like. The other things it could have been was maybe like the blade of the skate coming off or something strange like that. But that's not what I saw. Definitely not what I saw out there. Okay, same here. And uh, coming up next, we will have a look at the rematch against Buffalo tonight at T-Mobile Arena. Should be an interesting game and could be an explosive one at that. Back with more after this on Locked On Golden Knights. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick from Las Vegas. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day. Second listen, you got to check out Lock On Sports Today. Locked On Sports Today can be found everywhere, wherever you get your podcast as well. And please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Tis the season to do that. And subscribe. Uh, the Buffalo Sabres, uh, they come into this game tonight. Again, a team that's improved. You know, the when the VGK, though, it, when they're playing teams, right, the second go-round, they're coming in here, I think, for some reason, a much better team. We've seen this uh, repeatedly. Uh, suck at home. <laughs> they'll be entertaining the Sabres at home tonight. Um, and Jack Eichel, not sure if he's going to play tonight against his former team. Last time out against them, the hat trick, the hattie, as they call it in the game, 7-4 uh, to four VGK victory. And that was, uh, for the VGK, their ninth consecutive win. They were on that roll at that point. Um, but, uh, again, now Sabres are playing just so much better. And Tage Thompson has really turned into a superstar in this league. Every time he touches the puck, something exciting could happen. Especially on the power 25 play. goals. Yeah. 20 points in his last eight games, Chris. That's – I mean, it's remarkable. He's been – like I remember a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about him, and we were when we were on with with the uh, with Ted DiBiase, a Joe DiBiase uh, from Locked On Sabers. Awesome, a lot of fun. That 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 was my favorite crossover that we've done. Just such a good, <laughs> such a fun guy to talk to about the team Great and guy. stuff like that, and he yeah. gave us some real good information about you know Eichel and everything else happening. So, I mean, geez, Dylan Cousins is sitting on thirty-one points. Darlene is sitting on thirty-seven points. <clears throat> but then you look at the goalies, Ukapeka Lukokin, that's their backup uh, rookie, sitting on a 3.75 goals against right now. Craig Anderson, good God, 2.65, but he's 7-4-1. and one. So, I mean, Craig Anderson's getting it done right now. So they're kind of going by committee, it would appear. And the biggest stat that uh, Tage Thompson, almost 50 points, Tuck is sitting at 34. He's 15 in 19 right now is uh as uh tuck has 23 points chris in the last 16 games wow and peyton krebs is three and five. three right now but only six games played so i don't know if peyton krebs is up or if he's injured right now or 
if we're going to see him tonight. I like Peyton Krebs a lot as far as a long-term outlook. I'm somewhat invested in him as a as a card collector, I guess we can say. Um, thinking back a little more about this game, so Jack Eichel obviously uh, did what he did against the Sabres, and there's two things I'm going to throw. One, if there's no Jack Eichel, I think that's going to take a little bit of the wind out of the sails of the Sabres, right? They want to beat him. They're going to want to beat him on his ice and and make him look bad for for better for better or for worse. Call it what it is. The second side of this is Alex Tuck. You know the Sabres are going to want to rally around Alex Tuck and possibly Krebs, but more or less Alex Tuck. And no one in Vegas has anything bad to say about Alex Tuck. We're going to cheer for him no matter what team he's on. He was just class act top to bottom. But that said, you know, they want to win the game for their guy who used to, you know, used to be uh, skating here. I mean, maybe we'll get a Malcolm Subban sighting tonight if, if their backup goalie can't go. Well, we'll see about that. He's, uh, I believe, with the Rochester Americans, which I believe is the Sabres um, farm team. If I'm wrong, someone can yell at me, but I'm pretty sure that's the pecking order there. So, and, and going back to, I think it was uh, Connor McDavid made the quote the other day when they had a rematch against Minnesota, because Minnesota beat him pretty good. So McDavid said, we owe them a good game. And they came out and beat him pretty good at home. So you got to think the Sabres have that mindset. They they owe us one. And I could see some physicality. I could see some rough stuff tonight. I could see, I mean, going back to the, the game against the Islanders, there was multiple times again, they're just sending bodies to the net on Logan Thompson. Like that's the way to get to the VGK's head right now. Send no bodies in there because you may not score in that circumstance, but it also might lead to a weaker goal later because your goalie is just getting, you know, beaten to a pulp, you know, for lack of better terms. So I'm expecting a fun game. I will be in attendance on the media side. I'll be there on credentials tonight. So uh, I'll be Um, having a a good time before, during and after the game. And I just got to decide if I want to sneak into this to the Sabres locker room and see if I can grab Alex Tuck, or if I want to go on the VGK locker room after the game. And then obviously uh, I got to think of a proper way to simply ask Bruce Cassidy why the team is not performing at home. And I know they've been asked a few different ways and I want to find a, a creative way to get a different answer out of him, you know, besides the typical, well, it's on me to get him motivated. Okay, fine. How, how are you going to do that? Like that's, that, that's my brainstorm for the day. I'm, I'm thinking about that. Good, good angle. Uh, over the last six games, BGK outscored at home 23 to nine. So they the have five to on definitely... five stats are alarming too. I don't have them in front of you, but they're alarming. The five on five yeah. stats. Uh, Buffalo, guess what? They've never won here. They're Oh, three and one. Was Tuck back already last season? Did they do the tribute video and all that? I was trying to remember, but I couldn't. Can't go back that far. When did the trade? The trade might have might not even have happened by then. The trade the trade might have already because traditionally the Sabres was have in come November, early in the first it? few years. So this might be Alex Tuck tribute night tonight. Let me uh, I'll look that okay. up if you want. Yeah, it was in November of last year, right? The trade went down. Yep. So, uh, and this is a team now again, Buffalo. Uh, they are one game over five hundred. Uh, they're on this three-game road swing. They were a little shorthanded when they went in and beat the Avalanche in Colorado. Then they defeated Arizona. And so they're going for the sweep tonight uh, in this three-game road swing. But that top line is so dangerous with Thompson, with Tuck, with Jeff Skinner. My goodness, that is so explosive. I can see a ton of shots on that tonight. And uh, you think it'll be Logan Thompson? It has to be probably, right? It should be Logan Thompson, but well, how many games in a row is this for LT? Did he play last? He played the last two games, right? Last two, yeah. Honestly, I could see him going Almost back to Aiden Hill because Aiden Hill's yeah. playing a little better right now, you know. And you and, you do have mm-hmm. two quality goalies. Uh, 
So February 1st of last year, he was they, back here. They came, and I don't know if they must have done something for tech on that. I would assume that was it, and I haven't seen anyone talking about it on on the mm-hmm. social groups. But I mean, hey, we we still we love Alex Tuck. That was my that was my son's kind of first player. I still remember it was one of our first practices, and I got the picture. We have it signed. Actually, I should have brought it down. Um, Alex Tuck has given Chris a high five through the glass. Nice, and I think that was That's one of the cool. moments that kind of got him engaged about hockey. He was at practice at City National, and then we later met him and got that autograph. So that was that was pretty cool. So I went to CES, I think two or three years ago here C- in Las CBS Vegas. or CES? CES. Okay, get the, the show got it's it. Yep. Consumer like every nightmare. Show. By the way, every industry worker's nightmare on the casino side. But keep going. Okay, all those folks do is eat dinner and go to strip clubs. Okay, no that's gambling. another story. No gambling. No gambling. Okay. Right, right, right. That's another story for another show. And they're polyester suits. Probably anyway, a different show entirely. So I'm going, you know, just walking around the show. And they have uh, this robotic ping pong game where you can hit the ball. And then the robot returns, you know, the volley. <laughs> and I look in. And so it's in like this glass enclosure. And I look in there. And of all people... Alex Tuck is playing ping pong. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm nudging this guy next to me. Hey, do you know who that is? That's a hockey player. Alex, good. never mind. So in any event, it was a lot of fun. And uh, power play could be something essential for the VGK tonight. Um, six Better of be. 11, their last four games. Uh, again, and, and geez, Riley Smith has done a tremendous job there. Buffalo seven three and two over their last twelve games. They are really coming in on fire. And Owen Power, Owen Power, I thought that we'd get a chance to see him. He's injured. He's day to day. He's on the strip, and we could see him tonight. Uh, if not, just, we'll, get, we'll probably we'll probably get Jack Quinn as well. Another another man, youngster that's doing well. Um, there's so much explosiveness tonight in this game. It'll be a one to nothing. Fight. There, it's probably a, no. I this is not going to be a low scoring. <laughs> no, it, no, it, no. It's going. It's either going to land right on six or plus minus one or the other. But it's going to way over. Definitely six goals. So all right. So yeah, Alex Tuck did play in the game for Buffalo. I just looked that up. He had a slashing penalty in the end of the first period. So right. he, and he also played ping pong. Him. He played ping pong here. At there you go. He played, he played ping pong. So he was practicing his slashing, I guess. Um, interesting with as low as Buffalo is in the standings there. I think they're 15 and 14 coming into the game and out of the playoffs as of right now, but they are a plus 14 on the goal differential and the teams around them are red or, you know, minus or a very small plus. So I found that kind of interesting. Probably time. But, um, Probably break. Shout out to a buddy of mine, uh, Dan Mags, we'll call him for short. Um, he's a huge Sabres fan. Again, someone I've met in the card industry. And a lot of times on Facebook, he's posting about the games as they're happening and stuff like that. And, a lot of complaints about the goaltending and the defensive side. A lot of good things he says about the team too, but the number one thing I see from a different fan's perspective is lack of goaltending and defense at times. So we'll see uh, how that scouting report, you know, plays out to tonight's game. It's going to be fun. Always good to have Alex Tuck in the building and, you know, will Jack Eichel return? I think his timeline's got to be close. If not tonight's the night's. Obviously, this is circled on his personal calendar. We know that maybe some some money on the board for him if he comes back and does something. Some I just learned. I never knew about the money on the board thing. I just heard about that recently. That's a new new thing to me, and I have no idea how that's kosher in the NHL. But maybe another story for another another show. For sure. Okay, it's it's definitely time for our predictions right now. Let's do oh, our God. prediction. I'm going to go shootout win Buffalo six five. 
the VGK right fans have got to be ecstatic. That, we're, we're, we're putting this out there. We got to put these okay, out there. Okay, shootout win, Buffalo, six to five. I mean, I really think the second game back from the trip with the practice, I think things do go better tonight. I don't think it's going to be pretty. Uh, they were off go yesterday. VG, VGK was off on Sunday. Of course they were because they're off every day. It seems like, but they're gonna have at least they're gonna have a home skate today, which will help. There'll okay. be there'll be a That's... skate probably around eleven or eleven thirty at City today, and maybe we'll see Jack Eichel out there. I'm taking Vegas five three on a William Carlson empty net goal, of course. Five uh, three tonight, ugly game. Tony fell down, and uh, wow. let's see. While we're let's just roll right to it here. All right, you see here my karate kicks. Oh God, no! Don't do that, Tony. Don't do that. Don't, I don't want that you to hurt. pull some. We're not insured. We have no insurance, but non, here we go. The poster will reveal my pick tonight. Non contact. Is that Keegan Colasar? Of course, it's Keegan Colasar. The, the media members were like, okay, the post game presser the other night was so bizarre because who else did they bring out? But they brought out. It was Colian Smith, I believe. It was Colian Smith, I believe. It was Smith who definitely they wanted to talk to. Colasar <laughs> enters the room and they're like, what are we going to ask this guy? Like, what did he do? He it's, did absolutely it's kind of, nothing. Being down there and seeing that firsthand, Tony, it's what kind of interesting do? at times. What because did he do? The, the first like, couple of times I went down there. In? Yeah. The first couple of times I went down for these media scrums after the game, usually have like three or four players on the benches kind of sitting and you kind of go around and whatever. Now they're bringing them out one at a time. And there's times like someone like that, and no disrespect when I say this, but you'd rather get something from anything. Jack Eichel than Keegan Cole, so that's all I'm trying of to course. say. Of course. Okay, so right, so Coley, uh, give me a let's see, give me Coley and uh, da, 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 da. give me Coley and, and Watt tonight. I don't know. Give okay. me Coley and Watt to shine. Or okay, two, I'm going to go Sorry, Ryan Walls. Not locks of the nights. Locks of the night with a K and I G. Uh, Phil Kessel has 25 goals in his career against Buffalo. So he's going to score tonight. Alex Petrangelo scored his first goal of the season in Buffalo. I'm going to go with Petro and Kessel tonight. Yeah, you're 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 chalking. I'm 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 scraping. Twenty five goals. Twenty five goals. Okay, we thank everyone for tuning in. I think Kessel might be back on that top line again tonight too. Yes, and he was okay. We thank everyone. Uh, we thank everyone for tuning in. Thanks for making us your first listen. We'll see you again tomorrow. Chris will have a great recap. Follow us on Twitter at Lockdown DK. Of course, on YouTube. Thanks for joining us again, Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick from Las Vegas on Lockdown Golden Knights.